Hello and welcome to another episode of Serially Obsessed. I'm Daisy Rosario. I'm Dipti Sarawat. I'm Layla Carrillo. And we are here to talk about everybody's favorite podcast, Serial. But before we get started, I just want to remind you that the Serially Obsessed podcast is not produced, affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Serial podcast. Additionally, the views, comments, and opinions expressed on the Serially Obsessed podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the producers of Serial. Uh, so yeah, hey, welcome. Hey, how you doing, guys? It's time to talk about Serial episode yeah, two yeah. of season two the golden chicken the golden chicken such a funny name i it made me think of the golden circle in iceland mostly because i've got iceland on the brain because i'm oh. going there soon oh. yeah um but you know hey if you have never listened to our podcast before if you're jumping in because you are jumping into season two of serial why don't we just give you an idea of who we are so i daisy rosario i'm a public radio producer so i listen to serial and i go like oh my goodness these are people who are doing it kind of at the top of the game i like to listen to what they're doing the writing the style what they're choosing to show us and the tape that they use you know i've got a lot of feelings and thoughts on that dipti what about you I'm a lawyer, so um, obviously I look at the law in, in season one. That was pretty obvious So with Adnan's criminal case, and this year is actually no different. Now it's just a military tribunal. So um, I like looking at it through that lens. And Layla? And I'm a media critic, a lover of all things media, and a critic of all things media, and I come at serial with a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe like the surrogate of the audience perspective, that sort of thing. And on top of all that, we are ladies who are friends who have performed comedy together for a while. So, you know, we like to shoot the shit about Serial the same way you want to talk about it with your friends. So I think, you know, for episode one of this season, I think it's pretty fair to say like half of the big news was just the fact that the show dropped out of nowhere. So I think for me, I don't know, you ladies tell me, but for me going into episode two, I was like, oh, right, like we're doing this again. Like we're back into some in-depth story because even though there was a lot of great information in the first episode, part of me was just in shock that the episode even existed. Uh, I can kind of agree with that. I felt um, it was weird that we were already back into the into the what would you call it? The mire, the woods. We were like deep in the woods already. I'm going to say I the was, shit or the expletive. I was, yeah. Like the the novelty <laughs> of it having had started has worn off on me, and I right. was just like, "Oh, this is this is a fifty nine minute episode. This is a <laughs> long episode. Yeah, I, I have a lot to go through, and my levels of, I mean, I did enjoy this episode, and we will get into all the detail. I have some yeah. thoughts up top before we really really talk about it, but I was, um, I had to like, I don't know, maybe I was just tired today, but I had to mentally get myself into it because it wasn't yeah. right away no i understand well you're also feeling under the weather today but it definitely yeah. was like here's some stuff man oh yeah yeah it's true although i will say despite the fact that i did like this episode quite a bit um i feel like a lot of it this is like the an expository episode yes, like not as absolutely. bad like not as bad as like mr s from season one mr s not as bad as that, but this one right. was just like, cool, I'm getting like the lay of the land and the perspective of why a lot of uh, Bo's uh, soldier partner friends and other military guys. <laughs> and friends in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> friends in air quotes. As I'm uh, I'm really, uh, I'm very. Uh, You're such a military person. I'm tell. a big military person. I know everything about military That's how I think about, about you. Guys. I always think like Layla is like hardcore military. I am hardcore uh, military. Semper Fi. She knows 
the technical terms like I do, military I know. friends. Military <laughs> friends. I just like to I like to zhuzh the military up with a little bit of like yeah. friendly friendly wow, words. Way to pull out a queer yeah. eye reference and talking <laughs> about the military. Like you can never go wrong with queer eye references for me. That's right. But I did here's one thing. Because it's at the very, very top. And then, Dip, I want to hear what you have to say about all the legalese. But because this is exactly oh, how, yeah. you know, there was in the stuff in the news this week that was like, also, like, when I see news online, it, I imagine that it's saying, hey, to me. Like, there's a link on my <laughs> Facebook that's like, hey, Daisy, like, Bofergdahl is uh, going to go to court martial. But, you know, it's like, th- you know, I kept saying as we were continuing to talk about season one of Serial that I thought season two would probably maybe not be Bo Bergdahl because there was so much stuff still to happen in the case itself. And so this week, between episode one coming out and episode two dropping, there was all this news that was like, hey, he's going to go, they're going to do a court martial. They're going to go through this whole process. And I was a little like, oh, wow, like, you know, how is Serial going to deal with this? And the episode started with Sarah being like, here's some news, like just kind of acknowledging what was going on in the news, right. which is like on one hand, like the ability of theirs as they make new episodes to pivot. But, you know, they decide to start dropping episodes when they feel like they can and to start making them. But they don't know exactly what every single part's going to be. And that was very true in, in season one. But so with this one, I was like, what are they going to do? And she kind of like explained to us what we would have all seen links about all week long. You right. know, so I appreciated that. But I was also like, this is a weird situation because, like, do you think that, you know, they're going to go with the harsher situation in part because it's getting so much attention because of something like Serial? Because I definitely thought about that. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I think we kind of brought that up a little bit in the last episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely I, – I would imagine that if I – and Dip, you can back me up on this. But I imagine that if I was Bo's attorney or – I would be kind of petrified that all of this stuff is going down. Totally. You know? Well, um. I think that his attorney has been along his side the entire time. He knows exactly right. what he's doing. He's he is apparently one of the top, if not the top, military attorney in the country. That's who he's um who he has representing him. I forget the guy's name, but um this is all very strategized. I mean, he sure I'm sure yeah yeah um but in you know in terms of the law so. I think listeners know generally that he was court-martialed. What happened was, I think it was in September, uh, there was a preliminary hearing. And that mm-hmm. is where they put forth some evidence. And there was this big report that some two-star general named uh, Kenneth Dahl made. And Sarah talked about this. It was this like 371-page report on him. Um, and so the court was taking a while to determine whether or not it was going to move forward. And so... You know, this was the week where they decided we're officially moving forward. And so mm-hmm. that is big news because it was up in the air, sort of, whether or not they would. I mean, they thought it would probably move forward, but this is a right. really big decision. And also think about the fact that he came back uh, over a year ago. So this is a long time, actually, in the making. So it's a really huge decision. And um, But just a couple of the things that I think are important to realize is on the two charges... One being desertion, which uh, requires, you know, desertion makes sense. You know, you you left your brigade willingly. And um, but the thing is, the the specific part of desertion is that um, for any crime, you have to prove intent. And there's certain kinds of intent. Sometimes Mm, there can be more passive intent. You know, like there's, you know, for example, um, with manslaughter, the intent is different than 
uh, like a higher level murder, right? So murder uh, homicide, right? Murder one. So, um, but the intent for desertion is a specific intent. So, the the thing that's interesting about this is that mistake of fact, which is a legal term, can go into play. Meaning, if Bo actually legitimately thought that he was doing this for some higher purpose, you know, he was creating this dust one and he was doing all these things, that can negate the intent. Mm. And the question is, how on earth do you prove that? And this goes into, like, my thoughts on the episode and everything. That's going to be, that's the trick of this is because mistake of fact is is a defense here. So, um, and even if it's delusional, if it's sincerely believed, then that negates the intent and that's an element of the crime. And same with uh, the misbehavior before the enemy, um, which is something that is very rarely charged. It hasn't been charged since. I just want to say that one thing. It sounds like it could be a movie. Misbehavior before the enemy. Oh, it totally does. <laughs> it reminds me of sleeping, sleeping with the enemy. With the enemy. Julia We're Roberts. sleeping with the enemy. There's something, right? Okay. Sorry, Dip. Proceed. Well, maybe we should tell uh what's his face that that's what he should name the movie. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mark, yeah. you're welcome. There you yeah, go. Bold. So he would have made the Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, and Misbehavior, misbehavior with the Before the Enemy. Yeah. Again, you are welcome. We'll take royalties. Yeah, we'll that. take that. <laughs> um, so, so this charge actually hasn't been charged since Vietnam. It's very, very rare. Holy cow. And, wow. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's a big deal that they're charging him with this. And um, the definition is that he's endangering the safety of his unit. Oh, right. man. The problem, again, with this is that you have to have um, the specific intent to do this. And mistake of fact, again, is right. a, a valid defense, even if it's if even if it's crazy, if he right. legitimately well, and held from the it. A little bit we know, like, in fact, if you if you choose to believe what we are, you know, what what Sarah Kana is explaining is his version of events and his intent. Right. Then his then his intent was very much not to put them in danger, but because he felt they were already in danger. Right. Because in so his that's mind, very screwy. Right. He was doing the laudable thing. I mean, according to he was like nobody would listen to saying. me, so I got to do something to right. get them to like give me a meeting, right. basically. Right. But here's yeah. so here here's a couple other things to think about, though is. First of all, it's it's going to be really difficult to prove or not prove that. So totally. how are they going to do that? And next is um, that the jury is not made of civilians like you right. and me. It's actually made with military people. And when a trial happens in that court, it actually, once a decision is rendered in like a regular court, it is sentencing is put off for like weeks or months and there's both sides prepare their aggravating factors and mitigating factors to lessen the sentence or make it harsher and do the maximum you know the lawyers do their work and they get letters from people well no it shouldn't be this it should be that people who've been affected but in this one not only is the decision made by a bunch of military people if he's convicted these are military people who just convicted him of like uh a crime like against a country right right and yeah and immediately they go into sentencing 
So, so as opposed oh, to shit. the Adnan stuff from season one, it's like once this really gets moving, like there will probably be some real definitive stuff happening right away. Right, right. Yeah. But also, though, remember that there will be appeals. I th- apparently in this, I, maybe that can affect the sentencing or maybe at different stages. So it could go on for a long time. But but once the trial goes and if well, he I think Serial's con- hoping it at least goes on 12 weeks. Yeah, I think so. Well, no, I don't. It doesn't even have a date set. Like, it is No, because I, yeah. I read just before we started recording that mm-hmm. uh, December 22nd, he's supposed to appear. Oh, I wonder what that's for. It might be appear to set a date, though. I don't know. Though. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who don't knows? Know. But, I mean, they're definitely not going to start the yeah. trial December 22nd. But, so anyways, I just wanted to bring these things up so that when you listen to Serial... And I, I learned this stuff from listening to, you know, there's this adjunct professor of law um, who's a uh, retired Air Force officer, and he was talking about it on a radio show. He's a military lawyer. And um, I learned a lot from that and just reading up on some things. And I thought yeah. it was good to know as you no, it is. It's really listen helpful. to the rest of these episodes, and especially this episode, because now you can, like, frame that in the context of, like, does that go to his intent or, like... Do we right. really believe Bo? And and who are the... Yeah. Well, I think the core of this season is very much, you know, the same way with Adnan. It was like, there were a lot of people who were into the show, even though they had felt themselves that they felt like Adnan was definitively one way or another. Mm-hmm. I feel like with this season, you really got to... If you don't if you don't believe him, then there's almost nothing there so far. Right. But can I tell you something? Uh, I think that this episode... I'm not going to say Sarah Koenig makes all her episodes not, I don't want to use the word bias, but I can't think of another word right now. Bias towards one way or the other. Like last season would be like, this is the episode where you kind of have sympathy for Jay. Or this is the episode where you see bad Adnan. This is the episode where you see a defense of Adnan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this was an episode where it's like, okay, this is where Bo really put people through a lot of shit. But well, yeah, I think it's I, I mean, honestly, it's just if, in reporting, it's just something you have to acknowledge. Right. Like nobody is a saint. You're playing out every different. Right. Side. You got to play out all the different sides. Right. Like, even if he really had good intent in his heart, even if you choose to believe that the dude had the best intent in his heart, you have to understand what came of it. And I feel like this is an example of that. She's trying to paint that picture. Totally. For us. And I think this episode is is totally one of those episodes where as I'm listening to it, I'm just like. Oh, this like this guy, whether or not he intended this to happen, like if you do leave, like right, I, they all know that, yeah, right. They all have pissed. to know that. But he, did he understand like the gravitas of all of that? Like, did he understand? Yeah, shit did pants? he realize that there was going to be like shit pants? Did he realize that like by having this like behemoth of a military shit unit pants. like traveling? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty intense. Dippy just got to the shit pants. <laughs> but no, I mean they were they were in a harrowing situation, and I know that this is not something that happens early in the episode. But Sarah has that moment where she's like, "Okay, so you might be listening to this and thinking like, eh, what a big deal, like whatever. That's what they signed up for." And I was like, "Who would think that? Who is the no one? Dizzy think that no one think is that. thinking that. Thank yeah. you for saying that. I had yeah. that. Like, no one is thinking notes. that. I was like, no, we were all like." Fuck you, Bo. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, like yeah. that to me yeah. is like the kind of thing that somebody, you would have to be so, so super biased against the military to think yeah. that. And I'm going to say in general, like this season, I think as a journalist myself, in terms of things that I feel comfortable saying, I think this season's going to present a real challenge for me overall. And I'll be very honest about that. But like 
straight up like to me when I hear her say that I was like for you to think that like would already not not Sarah thinking that but in terms of like a person thinking that I'm like you would have to already just decide that you like straight up hate the military and have like zero uh patience for what these people go through and like zero empathy for it to feel that way because those things suck and it's like there's seven years into a war you know people have so many emotions about this war in so many ways and they should be doing a relatively safe job they're supposed to be doing what is it coin like they're supposed to be doing a job that is not really about fighting and more about like setting up infrastructure and now they're like having to bang around and like do all these things that really do not ingratiate them to these people and like shit pants and it sounds miserable they're already under fire right like i mean nobody likes the fact that they're there and then to have to be like banging doors down and asking women to take their covers off oh Oh, my god man and just like all that stuff it's just like yeah you i mean whatever many days in the field like exactly like whatever whatever Bo's intentions were it's like oh you really didn't think this through like you got on some weird moral high horse and you kind of just like acted on impulse and didn't really i don't know just bad chess move dude really bad it's like it was like a butterfly effect. I, I Even in yeah. the first episode, I felt like yeah. that. Like, he didn't... But, like, the fact that he didn't realize it doesn't make me feel bad for him. I'm like, well, you you, you should have because right. nobody else deserts. Like, he you didn't know anticipate I mean? getting caught by the Taliban, but, like, that was always a possibility. Right. You know? Right. And so, yes, if he hadn't been caught by the Taliban, like, then he would have been back already. But it's like, you can't... You can't just be like in the middle of Afghanistan and be like, I probably won't get caught by the Taliban. Right, like- right. To me, going back and like listening to what, um, what's his name? Uh, Sammy has to say about oh, yeah. what Halal is thinking, mm-hmm. where Halal is basically like, um, yeah, he's kind of a dummy. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're wrong, dude. I don't think this dude is like hella smart. Like, right. I'm sorry. I loved it when Sarah just said, Oh, like a dummy. (laughs) So matter of factly, I'm like, yeah, like what? I mean, and and I don't, I mean, uh, not to get into politics. This isn't getting into politics, but I can see why McCain would want to set up a congressional hearing if he doesn't get convicted. Like, I mean, he was a POW. Yeah. Like McCain's like, "Uh, I wasn't held because I wandered off. Like, fuck you, dude. Like... Right. It's like basically what happened is like the U.S. is in like this weird like game of capture the flag. And this dude is just like, he like wanders off, gets caught. And then everyone's like, oh, dude, because of Band of Brotherhood, we have to like go out and get him. And then they like build a giant Voltron robot and head out over. Oh, my God. This okay, you said Voltron robot. So immediately makes me think of all the things Sarah said when she was talking about the at ats and stuff. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about that for a hot second, just a like a tiny yes, detour. Yes, please. Um, I was like, are you theming this for the week that because you're releasing this yes! when, when Star yes. Wars is being released? Dip, are you with us? Are you with oh, us, Dip? Yeah, no, I didn't hear the Star Wars part. I said, what are they talking about? She's talking about oh, okay. them at-ats. Um, my boyfriend will say AT-ATs, and I'm always like, what are you talking about? They're at-ats. Like, you're a dummy. Um, <laughs> dummy. The word dummy is being used a lot this week. Dummy. But, like, uh, yeah, no, I was like, that's so funny. Of course she's talking about at-ats. But then I also thought, you know, oh, she did these interviews, like, a while ago. <laughs> like, I was right, straight but up it's like, still, like, everybody's themed to Star Wars. <laughs> like, it right, was exactly. perfect play. It was it perfect, perfect place. I, yeah. I thought that... Um, 
I knew that she, because she was talking to Sammy about it, right? I, I, I was, I literally in my head said, this interview definitely took place many, 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 many weeks ago. Right. Oh no, she, she was this? talking. She was actually talking to Jason though, because yeah. like I don't think Sammy would get. Oh. Oh right, right, I mean, right. Maybe right, Sammy right. would yeah. get the ATAT reference, and that would be cool. It was funny though. Oh, but they use LOL, so you know, the Taliban is just like us, you guys. I also just love the idea that the Taliban is just like texting one another, being like, "LOL." Oh my WTF, god. Like that LOL. Dip, was that in the Rolling Stone article? Was there like a clip of that? Because. The LOL was making me laugh so hard because I just read, I, I didn't really read anything about Bo Bergdahl except the Rolling Stone article that you uh, recommended in, in episode one of our show. And so I read it this week and I was yeah. like, yeah, this is a good read. Um, But also like I was laughing at the LOL thing because I was like, you know, you know, like Us Weekly is like celebs. They're just like us. I was like Taliban. They're just they're like just us. Like they us. say LOL. Like <laughs> they're like everybody's just use it. Like language is dying everywhere. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like somewhere, somewhere in that like is like another text message that's like TBH guy smelled like shit. Yeah. Or like somewhere the Taliban's mom is like LOL and they don't get that it means laugh out loud. They think it means love you lots. And it's like, oh, the Taliban's like, come on, mom. Uh, come on, mom. Uh, catch up different generation daisy why do you why do you think that sarah kind of went out of her way a couple times i I know she did another time but i can't remember it right now but mainly i'll just point to the lol why do you Mm -hmm. think that she made that choice to be like and then i like because she literally took like time out of this episode to explain that like did she just think that it's just interesting tape i mean yeah like it's it's just good tape it's just interesting tape and you know you just have to use that stuff sometimes but you know um ira glass is like you know she's worked with ira forever he's also the editorial like like consultant on the show and he spoke at my journalism school graduation uh because i harassed our dean about getting ira glass to speak at her graduation and so uh you know what i loved about having ira speak was that he made a big deal of talking about how like if you go to journalism school it will basically or if you do basic journalism everybody will try to kind of take the humanity out of what you write because they define objectivity as like removing the humanity in a way. And he was like, always leave that stuff in when it comes up. Like if you find one that's worth it, leave it in. And so, yeah, like if the Taliban is being like, LOL, like you gotta leave that in. That's, that's great. Interesting. Um, on the other side of it, I imagine that Sarah is legit asking like, do you guys use LOL in the same way that we use LOL? I mean, I, no, I would... it's it's definitely legit. It's not. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't even think what you're saying is really separate. I just think it's like when it comes down to all the information that you're gathering, is it essential? No, right. So like, right. but does it fill out the personality and humanity of like what we're talking about and like just paint a picture for you? Like, yes, you know. Because so like she the did... episode does it wouldn't die without it. But like, why wouldn't you use it? Right. And know? I also think it's one of those things where I mean I think it's probably very surprising for a lot of people to be like, oh shit, yeah, like they just use LOL. Yeah. How much money do you think they're dropping on the Kardashian games on their phones? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They're just like us. Like, is the Taliban playing Candy Crush and are they stuck on level 237 like everyone else <laughs> or whatever level number, you know? These are good. These are solid questions. Um, She also, she had other details in it, too, that I thought about this. Like, he pulled up his Casio watch and I'm like, why didn't oh, she tell yeah. us it was a Casio watch? And 
But what you're saying makes so much sense to me now. That's all it picture is just, painting, you know? It's picture yeah. painting and humanity and kind of connecting us to them. Because yeah. I mean, don't you don't want to over detail, but those details do paint a picture. So like this kid who's like, I very much remember it was this time because I remember having to like pull up my sleeve and show my watch. If he's like, it's a Casio watch, it just paints a little more of that picture. And, yeah. you know, I think like like you want enough of that to be able to give people an image of like, who are these people really? Or like, what is it? Because I think especially and, you know, I was thinking about this a lot with this episode, the way that season one kind of really told us a lot about you know, basics of the criminal justice system. This episode is going to tell us a lot about like basics of the war or this season mm-hmm. is going to tell oh, us basics of the war. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Right? And so like now what they are trying to make us understand is uh, not necessarily the humanity of the Taliban, not that they're going into it with that, but just going like, this is like what it was really like. Like they're dealing with these people who like they, when they are trying to report what, when they are telling somebody what happened, there's a swashbuckling aspect to it. Or they are like saying that he was like, he was uh, shitting his pants, which is like, yeah, that's probably not true. But you could see how somebody would be like, oh, it's so, it wouldn't be funny if we drove up on him like that. And that's like a version of the story that they would tell. And so it just tells you more about who this group of people are because they've been this kind of like, other than Osama bin Laden, this faceless group that we've been fighting forever as a country and osama bin laden is gone now so it's like who are they really if we're looking at this man's experience like what is the legit face of the what is the taliban as a group that you can call up on the freaking phone right and be like hi it's sarah but also i like that um they think that we're all just like drunks drunks (laughs) like they're like ah they always thought americans were drunk right we're all drunk and like all know kung fu which is we know kung fu like who um, I'm surprised they just didn't throw in the like whores part. Like we're drunks and whores and you right. know, like they like I don't doubt that many think that. That's why we're like right. reviled, you know? We I just mean, have I don't know that they're half wrong. Sometimes sometimes we are drunk. So <laughs> Right. I mean I'm drinking right now. <laughs> you are, Jason. <laughs> I'm having a fall sangria. You're not wrong. Point um, but Daisy going Going back to what you said uh, about there is like a big group of people that just don't really know what's going on over there, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's hard for any of us to even exactly like unless you're there. I don't think it's I think it's really hard to for you to actually like imagine what's going on. But uh, like another uh, another picture moment for me that I thought was really interesting is that they're literally dropping like leaflets out of a helicopter. Oh my god! Yeah. Have you? Like, we're missing this soldier. Have you seen this guy? Here's some chocolate. Apparently, America's greatest thing is candy, because I've heard about this at multiple wars now, that there's just Americans. Like, I feel like I've been hearing about this since World War II. Not that I was alive then, but when I read about it, it's just like, Americans, we just show up, we're like, got some candy. You guys got info? (laughs) Like, anybody need some sugar? It's so American. That's our strategy for conquering the world, is we're like, we got some candy. You guys got some stuff you can give up? Right. Like, listen, I, our corn syrup uh, sales have made this country what it is. And, how you uh, feel about Hershey's? You want Hershey's? You want Dove? You want Hershey's? We're ready you to Dove? bring it to you. Yeah. What you, what you down for, kids? I did not know that candy was part of our military strategy. And we oh, there was screwed like, over everyone. I feel like, yeah, that's not the first time I've heard it either. I feel like it happens on MASH. Like, it's like Americans <laughs> and candy. It, yeah, it definitely happens because it happened on MASH. Yo, all right. I know Once is again, that I finally started watching MASH. I mean, her name was Candy Lips, right? <laughs> that was her name. It was all because she used to have the Lickamades and she was really into them. 
I I could never watch Mash. That whenever I'd hear that beginning music when I was young, me too. I would be like, oh my god, I turned oh, it off. I'm I out. Turned it off it, every it, like, time. Depressed me. Even and though I, I love Alan Alda so much, you realize also that the name of that song is "Suicide Is Painless," right? I yes. mean, the song is supposed to be crazy depressing. <laughs> the show is. Well, I guess it, it's a great show. Worked. Is the thing? Yeah, I'm sure it is. I wish I finally I watched started watching it because it's on Netflix and it's awesome. Oh, Alan Alda. Is it, is it like a Give me some Alan what a cutie? Alda. What oh a cutie! What a sitcom was it? Mm, mm, oh yes, mm. it is. A, it's yeah, a comedy it's a dip. It's a really funny show. It is Alan Alda. Oh, give me that Alda. Yeah, it's so Ooh, good. Fight you! I'll fight you for it. I'll fight you for it. <laughs> Feminist fight of Alan Alda for Alan we Alda's are, affections. We are clearly such military experts on this. Podcast. <laughs> he loves. Yeah, we are. I mean, but I I think it's actually really interesting, too, though, like going back to kind of what I was saying before about how like season one gave us a criminal justice thing. And now this is going to teach us more about the military. I think like if you look at like what the potential audiences are like the under like the understood, if you will, audience of uh, people who listen to cereal, there's like a strong overlap with the like people who shop at Whole Foods. Right. Yes. No, it's true. And I that's think how I'm going to put it. And so, you know, I think it is like it's a group of people who really probably don't necessarily think that much about that group of people. I've had a lot of cousins in the military. I, I, you know, I think for me, it hasn't been obviously like a hugely direct effect, but it's something where, you know, been aware of it in that sense and had friends of different backgrounds who have a strong relationship relationship to it and not um but, you know, I mean, we do live in a time where, like, war is very removed from our everyday. It's very different than it was in World War II, where, like, you had to give up meat and you had to collect rubber and you had to do all this stuff. Like, we're just not affected right. by it. And I think it's hard for people who yeah. aren't directly related to people in the military to, like, understand what's going on. Uh, this season is really going to go deep into that. I think to kind of uh, offshoot of what you said, I think it'll also dive into a little bit, I think, um, and I've said this before, as to, like, who are the people that join the military? Because that's a, that's a thing that's, like, a big elephant in the room that not a lot of people talk about, right? Because right. it's not, like, you know, it's not, it's really not a lot of, like, rich kids signing up for the Army or the Navy or the Air Force or whatever, Wait, it's, right? It's, I didn't hear you. It's not a lot of what? It's not, it's not rich. It's not like rich kids that are joining up, right? It's like kids who are like, I need, I need to do this so I can go to college. Like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing after high school. So it's a very specific, it's a very specific crosshair of youth that are signing up. Right. Like some people get very motivated by patriotism, but a lot of people are just like, they're trying to move on into a better life. And, you know, my show, exactly. uh, the show that I work on full-time as a senior producer is Latino USA. And in time for uh, Veterans Day this year, we did a whole episode about uh, military issues. And we did a whole story about the recruitment tac- tactics uh, that are aimed towards the exactly. Latino population. Yeah. And, you know, so much of it was like, uh, we interviewed these women who they themselves were recruiters. They made it out of the bad neighborhoods they grew up in. And they're very proud of their accomplishments as well as anybody who feels like they've really transcended like the circumstances of their youth should feel. And they have come back to the communities that they're from to kind of like give other people what they feel is the opportunity to do that. But that is also in part because it plays into the fact that like that group of young people feels like maybe they don't have a lot of opportunities. So I right. mean, there is something there to that. And, and it yeah. is interesting. Well, and you also have to remember like Bo comes from this whole like I'm homeschooled, I'm destined for greater stuff. And I think 
the military, or at least at least in recruiting, um, just because I remember when I was in high school, I was like ready to join the Air Force. That is something about me, you guys. Whoa. Um, Wait a yeah, minute. True story. Don't like try to glaze over this. Let's get into I'm not, it. I, I just, I think I was just like, oh, I'm not really sure what I want to do. And then there was like a brief moment where I was like, cool, I want to like fly planes. That'll be neato. Um, which is like, I'm sure what goes through a lot of kids' minds where they're like, Right. Yeah, this will be something fun to do. And like I'm not really sure what I want to do, so I'm going to do this. And a lot of the and a lot of the tactics on on me uh were very much like, "Hey, yeah, like you're going to get to go and see all these like exciting places that you normally wouldn't because you don't have the money to do so." So it's Right. Yeah, it's like it it is kind of weirdly romanticized in some odd way and then you're also kind of, you know, I mean, you're told, like, you're going to go and do something fantastic. And not to belittle that, like, you are, you're, like, serving our country. But I'm sure, like, there is a part where, like, once you get there, you're like, dude, we've been in Afghanistan for, like, seven years. Right. And, like, and J like Jason says in this episode, he's like, dude, we still don't really understand why the weird political... Well, yeah, and also like think about what we heard in episode nuances. one about where they really are. And it's like, they're just like at a place where they have to like burn shit, like literally exactly. burn their shit. <laughs> like, right. It's like you are like, you, you are can in see like, the world by being in the mountains and dust and right. burning it's your like, own shit. Like, you, are, you are literally in a shitty sandbox with like nothing around you. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And like, and look at the end of the day, just like I was saying before with Jason, where he's just like, yeah, look, like. We've been there forever, but we still don't understand the nuances of what's going on in Afghanistan. Like, we simply just don't oh know. Oh, my God. So that was really interesting, that part. Like, uh, how they, like, they had done, apparently they made headway early, but then, like, you know, and, and I feel like this is something we hear a lot right. about because with everything right. with ISIS, like, it's like, ah, these things happen. It created a power vacuum and then ISIS. But it was, like, really interesting to hear, like, hey, they made headway early and then basically, like, the Taliban learned from that and, like, came back hard. And it really yeah. is, like... It It is so complicated, like history of anything, especially a place like that, that was like so many groups and like Russia was probably, I guess, the most recent before the U.S. to like tr had tried to control Afghanistan. So you have this group of people that are like for generations have like they've got no reason to trust anybody. And you've got these people going in wow. and there's all these politics and like history. And then you just got these people showing up like, hey, people flew planes into our We're towers. We're going to fix and, like, you. Now we need to deal with you yeah. guys. And they're like, what does that have to do with us? Like whatever. It's right. so complicated. Which is like, I don't think anybody's It's so complicated. Anything. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's so sad because I feel like Afghanistan is like the, like, country embodiment of like a manic pixie dream girl and like every other yeah. country is like i'm gonna come in and save you and like make you a better woman and afghanistan's like i don't understand myself you guys just leave me alone <laughs> and like dust. let me figure myself out like i'm I don't just know. dust and stone just <laughs> let me be who i am yeah and then um, afghanistan like ods in the hotel sorry <laughs> that's right you guys i want to go back to something really quick just because it's bugging me a little bit is What's uh that? just in terms of like who the who goes into the military? I don't, and I know this isn't what you're saying, but I'm afraid it might come across like that. Is it's more like okay. um, people of a certain income level and stuff, but there's also big just military families, and that's what they oh, do. Oh, there are. Oh, that's absolutely. definitely a percentage and, and, of it. I mean, these but are But I mean, if you look at their recruiting the tactics, like it's very, like, it's targeting people who, you know, it's like, hey, we can help you move into something else, you know? I mean, yeah, no, there's, 
There's definitely that element, but I also think that there's definitely just generations and generations upon military families and they serve their country and, and yeah. Yeah, no, nobody's denying that. It's just definitely like there there is in terms of like what they choose to do for recruitment tactics is like very based on like, hey, you can be a part of this thing, you know, like you can make a difference in a way. And I mean, yeah, we just we just worked on it for a while at my office and it's like really is interesting to see how much of a part of that it is, you know. I remember even when Michael Moore talked about it in Fahrenheit 9-11, that was the first time that I ever actually started thinking about who goes into the military in a post 9-11 world um, and how they would go to like Flint, Michigan and these small towns and they would recruit these people. And, and, you know, even those, uh, those air shows that the military Mm -hmm. does, those are, yeah, those are a bunch of propaganda, like in Chicago, like on Lake Michigan, I mean, I will tell you, like, just on a personal level, every single time I've seen, like, a Blue Angels yeah, like, Blue Angels. thing, I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I want to do that. It's like, Layla's what? Like, like, swoon, I'm almost going to go into the Air Force. They would be on the wait. beach recruiting people. And I was like, wait, oh, what? Yeah. I, I just didn't know because yeah. I was younger. Yeah, I just thought this was a free air show. No, yeah. it's not. It's yeah. not. Most thing, I mean, I think as, as Americans, I think we've also learned that, like, most things aren't really free. Right. <laughs> freedom isn't free is what I hear. Yeah. Freedom ain't free. Uh, no. So there's a museum of feelings in New York right now. Have you guys heard about this no. museum of oh, feelings? Yeah. I see yeah. ads for it all over New York and uh boyfriend's roommate went to it and he said that like you go in and it's like all this like sensory stuff. And on the way out, he saw a sign, a small sign that was like presented by Glade. And he was like, oh, right. This free right. museum of feelings is really like, here's a bunch of smells by a candle. Like, uh, yeah. Which so, I think don't aren't right. the smells don't the smells kind of get generated by like what people are tweeting or like people are posting on Facebook. I don't even know. Apparently, people are waiting hours in line to get into yeah. this free museum. It's just like feelings. you guys are you were literally are going into like a like a data suck. Right. right? They're like here, tell us how you feel about these smells, and then we will know yeah. what to sell more of. Yeah. Right. It's like that weird Facebook meme thing that happened like maybe like a month ago where people are like, oh, I want to click the thing that says all of the words that I use the most. And it's oh, like, yeah, oh, but you, really, you were like you, giving up your right, account so it's privacy. Like, yeah. It's like, you just got hella data mined. So yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. True. I was like, you know what? I don't know. Need to you know which words I use the most. Yeah. I'm pretty sure too. I could figure it out. You know what? One of my big words was, What's that? I did not post it, but it was podcast. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> why was that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you guys, oh, I, uh, I do want to go back into the meat of it. But before we do go into that, I have to tell you what I realized. What's that? Bo's voice reminded me of someone. Ooh. And I was like, who is it? Who is it? Like, I know it's somebody. It's, it's not Adnan just because it's like this tape from like. No, uh, he's very, he's much <laughs> less confident than Adnan. Do you know who he sounds like? No, I'm waiting for you to tell me. Yeah. Jesse Pinkman. Like the character Jesse Pinkman, not Aaron Paul in real life. But listen to Oh, him is this a again. Breaking Bad thing? I didn't watch Breaking Bad. I what? Okay. I did not know that about you, Daisy, or I forgot. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on, you guys. You know what I just realized? Last season, Daisy didn't watch The Wire. And then, and then, I then started she had to watch the wire. the wire. And this is the season where you basically have to go and watch Breaking Bad. I don't think I have time. How for have that. you not watched Breaking Bad? No, you uh... have to. Also, um, okay. 
this is weird because this is like a podcast place, but I'm wearing my Breaking Bad shirt today. Oh, she is. She is. We can vouch be... for this. She's wearing her Breaking yeah. Bad shirt today. Yeah, it's a Breaking Bad slash Sonic Youth mashup T-shirt. Oh, and I'm I have that same shirt in a tote bag. Me and Layla both. I <laughs> have never watched Breaking Bad, so I don't have that at all. But I love Sonic Youth. It's a cover for the album Goo by Sonic Youth, but it's with Jesse and Walt in the car. But anyways, right. Bo sounds like the character Jesse Pinkman. So when you listen to him, just- I'm going to listen to it again. I'm sure like now that you've said that, I'll never be able to unhear it. Yeah, I don't think that you will be. Like, and I was thinking about the episode where they're eating dinner and he's like, these are great beans, Mrs. <laughs> like, you know, when he was, do you remember that? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And yeah, she yeah. goes, they are from Wegmans or whatever grocery store. And he was like, mm, really good beans. <laughs> really good beans. But anyways, uh, yeah. Now Justin I have Pinkman. to go back and listen to it. Um, okay. So uh, going back into the episode, did you guys find it? Did you question why this halal guy would talk? Not only to Mark Bull's production company, but also Sarah Koenig. I, I know that it was agreed upon in Paper One Productions or whatever, but why on earth would the Taliban be telling us this? Just on a higher level. It, it struck me as bizarre. Okay, wait, guys, I'm slightly confused and please help me. I was under the impression that we never really hear from H- Halal straight up. We just hear Halal through Sammy, right? So or we're just maybe talking it was talking to Sammy so, the whole time, right? No, but there was another person who was Sarah's straight Taliban. Yeah, yeah that's not, not his, his real, real name. Rahman. Mujahid Rahman. Muj- yeah, not his real name, Mujahideen. I actually went, ha! Like not, out loud, really yeah, loud. With not his real when name. When I heard her totally. be like, not his real name, I was like, of course, Sarah. I also, shout out to like someone on our, uh, on our, Twitter. Someone already made that joke. Oh yeah, but not his real name. I was, I was really pleased. Really Thank you. Listen, and also now that we're on it, I don't know if Sarah's just like really good at pronouncing names. Mujahideen Marwan. Yeah, who's ever helping her out with the pronunciations of these names? Please give that person a raise because these names are hard to pronounce. I think she's doing a really great job. You know, it's yeah. weird. it's weird you say that because Daisy and I were just talking about name pronunciations before yeah, we, we were. started and we were warming up and i think we came to the conclusion that i mean i could probably teach you how to properly say my name i just don't feel like it and i don't need to be called right. by my name properly listen i hear you i yeah i live my life with my last name completely anglicized because i mean you can i mean just not because like i'm not dip. proud it's yeah. just like we're gonna introduce ourselves with the proper ethnic oh, pronunciations of our names <laughs> yeah it's just I'm like oh, it's just too much Leila right. Carillo. It's like, oh, Leila God. Like, oh, oh, I, I would punch me in the face. I would punch me in the face. Yeah. So <laughs> Just bang your face yeah. into the microphone. But anyways, <laughs> I thought it was uh, just in general interesting how on earth they got the Taliban to tell us inside detail about how they were going to, about how they captured and wanted to torture, not torture, an American soldier. Like, Wait how- a minute. Right. So going back to what you're saying, okay, so the guy that they were speaking to, you know, some of what he was relaying was like stuff that he had himself heard. So some of it was like secondary. But but he was still But some of it was, he was with him. You know, he was with them and he like spent time with them. But I think my favorite thing about that 
was when they got to the part where he's like, oh, we wanted to make him feel comfortable, so we did a dance. Right, the dance the in the winery. The greatest thing ever. Like, at the winery, so like, first of all, like, how American is it to not even, like, know that there would be a winery as if Afghanistan has nothing right. happening but rocks? Right, because they already painted to us that, like, Afghanistan is, like, nothing but sand. Like, there's nothing but you're burning your shit, and then there's right. eight, two houses sometimes in the nothingness, and then... But I'm There's also imagining that it's like this isn't like oh. just somewhere in like a random pocket of Afghanistan is like Napa right. Valley. I know? just loved picturing like if you got rid of all of the it, let's let's say you just get rid of all of the baggage of the fact that this is a war. Let's let's just ignore the fact that like America Bo, has gone into this country. Let's take a moment to like post terrorism. Remove remove right. the blanket off of your head. Let's just and then, forget all of that and just think about the fact that there's man there's this little white guy from the Midwest who's like in, he's like from the center of America and he's blonde, blue eyes. He's in Afghani wine country. And he's just in wine country and there's a group of Afghanis <laughs> dancing around him trying to make him feel yeah. better. And they the cultural that- like competency and confusion of that is so charming if you remove all awareness of everything else. They're like, we didn't want it. We wanted to make him feel better. Like, please eat your food. We're doing a dance for you. Like, God bless. That is crazy. You know, there's like a really nice wine tasting. So let's yeah, just. Uh... Like, let's just do a dance <laughs> in a circle with drums. Like, oh, man. Like, yeah. if you forget everything else about that, the image of just that is uh, so incredible. I'd like to right. see that part of the Mark Bull movie. <laughs> like... Yeah. Although Bo says that that didn't happen. He's like, I don't right, remember the text stuff. And that's what I thought stuff. was I'm funny. Like, well, Cause Sarah kind of paused, I think, and she's like, "Uh, did it work?" And they were like, "No." <laughs> they were like, "No, it didn't." Like they were surprised, and then they he doesn't cu- even remember it. <laughs> and then they cut to um talking to Bo, and I love this. Was such a Pinkman moment for me because she <laughs> goes, and then they took you to a winery, like a grape or. Orchard, re-listen to that and tell me you do not hear Jesse Pinkman. He goes, uh, a grape orchard? Uh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is Pinkman being like, these are good this beans. Up, Mrs. Koenig. <laughs> I was never taken in a grape orchard. <laughs> Mrs. White. <laughs> Mrs. White. Mrs. Koenig. Like, cause like now he's like this dummy to me, you know, like how Pinkman was like a dummy and, but he was like, yeah. I don't know. Anyways. He was a dummy with feelings though. He was a dummy right. with morals and feelings. So I mean, maybe that's what's maybe. happening here. But it, it could be, I, I don't know. I never thought I would analogize. The other thing that um was brought up, I think probably by not his real name, Mujahid. God, I'm sorry. I'm butchering No, it's fine. But he kind of brings up that, like, he's treated as a guest. So I almost. Yes. But, like, really, Ugh. the thing that's funny, that was funny to me about being considered a guest was just, like, a guest really just means, like, don't beat the shit out of this guy. Yes, Andrew do not anymore. murder this man. <laughs> don't murder. We take being a guest, we take hospitality very seriously, so right. we will not murder or beat you. Right. Like, that's what that's what guest means. It's like we're I treating honestly, you real good by not kicking the shit out of you or just like there's you. just different levels and different uh uh you know, it's all relative. It's like, you know, depending on where you're it's coming beyond from. Beyond relative, yeah. I mean, this episode was like partly so hilarious to me. The biggest words that I just kept thinking in my head during this episode was this is so absurd slash hilarious. Like it is absurd that they're like 
hmm, should we behead him? Or like, what's our what's our angle here, guys? And then and then um he's our guest. Right, he's our guest, and then somehow we have to get him to Afghanistan because as SK so eloquently puts it, Afghanistan is the hole that Tom cannot oh. get into. No, Pakistan. Pakistan. <laughs> Pakistan, right. Pakistan. Right. That's yeah. Right. They're already sorry, in Afghanistan. Sorry. But yeah, exactly. It's the hole that Tom can't get through. Yeah. I would not have thought that that analogy would have been used. Me neither. SK is like full on analogy. She's like in an oh, analogy damn. circus in this episode. You need analogies in radio, though. You can't she- throw a n- bunch of numbers at us. We t- I, like seriously, like at work, we talk about the need for analogies all the time. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, yes. I feel like this particular episode, she's really keen on like a lot of really fun analogies to the point where I was like, you know, it'd be really nice if, if like SK could just give us an entire history of the Middle East crisis. In analogy, I mean, honestly, let's not forget yeah. she described a children's book for like four minutes and thirty seconds last episode. Totally, it's just like this book. The book is like this. The book has no words, but this is the book. Like you know, but no, radio is very much, or like audio is very much like a a thing of analogies. Because like, think about it this way: like you know, when you are watching something and there are like numbers and stuff, like people could put charts in front of you and stuff. You can't do that in audio, and it's also really confusing if somebody just throws out a bunch of numbers as a visual. So you like live and die by your analogies and metaphors. Radio or no radio, uh, analogies to me are just. It's, like, way easier for me to understand something, even if you have, like, a really nice infographic. Just give me a good analogy. People are generally terrible at analogies, which kind of breaks my heart. It's, like, one of my frustrations with humanity as a whole is that people are generally horrible at analogies. So I appreciate her kind of, like, bizarre but spot-on analogies. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they're pretty good. Oh, also, Leila, you probably were happy that there was another cow reference. Oh, there was God, another cow. cow. A cow just like birthed a child out of nervousness. Yeah. Cow and cow. Two cows this time. Two this cows. time there was a lot of animals, right? We had a chicken. We had a cow. Um, a there was cow. something else. I think there was like some other animal, but I can't remember. Well, Tom and Jerry, if you count those as animals. Yeah. They are cartoon animals. scooting through the legs of the at-at or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um. So I got really, really angry at Bo during this episode, as okay. I'm sure oh, yeah. everybody did. I, I did, think too. I think that was also the God intent of the episode. Um, but I'm really having a hard time thinking I can ever turn around. I mean, I you know, even though he admits that he did willingly leave his post, I still think it's possible that he knows in his head that he deserted. You know, like, I do think that that truth could be something that's out there. Even though, like, he's he's spun it in his mind as I was going to save like the well day. Like, well-intentioned, I'm trying to save right. something. But, yeah. but I don't, I'm not 100% convinced that he necessarily, I'm not convinced either way, totally, but I'm not 100% convinced that he totally believed that. Yeah. On that day. I mean, I like I'm totally with you, Dip. Like, I think for me, even if he knew or even if he felt like he was gonna desert, or even if he felt like I'm gonna do something good and like uh I don't know, like unearth the I don't know, the quagmires of the military, it's still like we spent like a fuck ton of money. We lost a whole bunch of equipment, like it's just to like save one person i mean it's interesting because like at the top of the episode and it's kind of interesting how it kind of comes around full circle um one of the guys and i th- i think it's sammy mentions like 
oh, like what is what is the relative worth of a human being? Right. And I think, and I think it's just really nice that it kind of floats kind of back into that thing. Is like, listen, I don't want to be a bitch, but like, is Bo really worth like all the people that like got right, like, super? And you got like, these guys who want to kill him. Yeah. They say like, they admit they're like, we wanted to just we would have shot him. Like if we were so angry, right, right. that we would have shot him. Exactly, because like you know, doing these like crazy ass missions because you know well people, we actually did we get like, into that she said like oh that's something that wouldn't come up later until he was actually uh found because she described some very harrowing experiences that they went through a lot of the missions that they were sent on to go right. and find Bo were actually like booby traps because at this point right. the taliban was but like it sounds oh, like it was amazing like, that they actually didn't lose people i'm just saying. as many people yeah as many people as they probably could have right yeah but overall it was like yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a really challenging, it's a challenging situation because on one hand you have, you know, something that I think we've heard reiterated, uh, even if you just hear it through mainstream, like, fiction about the military is, like, this idea of, like, the U.S. does not negotiate with terrorists, right? Mm-hmm. So they would have had to, they had to negotiate and make an exchange for him. On the other hand, you don't leave a man behind. So you've got all these people searching and it's, like, at a certain point, which core value takes over and so we hear how these these soldiers had to go through this experience of like looking for him and sarah's like i was very disturbed that they wanted to shoot him and i was like i don't know that i'm so surprised but yeah she's like right i I agree with you i wasn't surprised i was like really is it that surprising i just felt like i was like i don't find that surprising at all like these are people who have been trained to potentially kill and they are like having to risk their own lives Like, and I I totally get that, Daisy, but like, okay, removing the war aspect of it, right? Like, I get pissed and like mentally want to kill coworkers who like don't do their work or just like, uh, I I say I'm going to murder people like at least 40 times a week. Yeah, exactly. Because like they're doing something half-ass and then like, oh, great. Like I have to clean up because like. I literally stopped short of typing. I'm going to murder somebody just because I feel like I shouldn't leave a paper trail. Right, exactly. And so like, and we're talking about like our dumb office jobs, right? Like. Which is not the intensity of what right. walking oh, around in like, shit pants for ten yeah. days because walking some guy around in shit pants. Those shit pants were. Uh, and I mean, it's so awful. It's like, shit what pants. is happening? The yeah. worst. Um. So yeah. So I mean, uh, like, no, I don't. I don't blame these. Yeah, guys that was for actually. Like, I felt like the part where I was most confused by Sarah's narration in that she was like, she was like, I was really surprised by this. Like, and then I, I guess you know, I get it, and I was like, do you get it? Because that actually sounds like right not unreasonable not that yeah. they would do it but like that that would be the feeling would be like this overwhelming like right like, i guess oh, maybe this fucking guy I, I guess maybe her whole thing is like oh right like i do say i want to murder people at work all the time but like i don't have the capacity to do it these guys do and so yeah. maybe that's more scary for her but it's still but she like was just such an underlined statement though, like the way it's delivered and the way that it sits in the overall episode. I was like, OK, because what's funny is like it's actually it feels like it's the end of something. But really, it's her segue into going into the guys talking about what their experience was. So they're actually explaining why they felt that way after what she said. But the way that she says it and the way that it's delivered and where it's placed, it actually feels like she's like ending the thought, which was actually a little confusing. I did end up listening to that part twice because I was just straight up confused for a moment. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like she maybe she said it because she was uh, pandering is the wrong word. She does not pander, but she was talking to that 
liberal NPR tote bag holding crowd? Like, I mean, are they the people who are anti-military? Because anyone who heard any of these soldiers talk on this episode would not question that they hated Bo. And and it, it kind of took me out of the episode for a moment. Like, it kind of... Yeah, that's why I ended up going and listening back for a moment, because I was like, huh? And then I right. had to, like, rewind, and I was like, let me... Like I disagree. This again. I didn't like that that she did that. It upset me. Yeah. Not not that I'm you know uh, pro one way or the other right now. I mean I'm definitely very upset with Bo. Literally one. What were you thinking? And two. Like Bo, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think about that specific intent. You know that they're gonna have to prove a trial and. I just, one of the other things that I felt so much of during this episode was total and complete frustration, hearkening back to the level of frustration I felt in season one, because they're talking about these remote, untouched tribal villages in the middle of Afghanistan and all these different stories and these cultures that don't understand each other. And I thought, we will never know what happened what is the point of any of this you know and i just got really really frustrated honestly in episode two yeah emotionally it's a different thing and i was thinking about that a lot with this episode where i was like so incentivize like you better fall in love with this story because if you don't fall in love with this story like some people end up quit. it's yo it's true detective yeah. season one versus two Ooh, Ooh, that's are a you shot are you fired. Saying, shot fired. That's I threw a it shot out. Fired. I threw it out. Wow, there. wow. But like, wow. you either are like, I'm into you. You either believe Vince Vaughn or you think Vince Vaughn's a terrible actor in that show, and you are. You know what I mean? Like, you're either into it yeah. or you're not into it. Then the only good cast on that was Rachel McAdams, She's, and then I love that's her, guys. literally She's how it came to pass. I will um, watch anything with Rachel McAdams, dude. But I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would say so far. Serial season two is TD season two. It's not that bad. Yeah, no. Um, I, honestly, True Detective season two is is terrible by comparison. But just like there was a sense that maybe we would figure out something with season one. And then with this one, with like the news of the court martial and the whole thing, like, like I feel like yeah. it's very clear, like, nope, there's no answer. Like, you're just along for the ride on this interesting story. And that is right. not at all a negative. I'm just saying that, like, there was a very different aspect of, you know, you could feel it in the air when, like, you got episode eight of season one and it was like, oh, maybe there won't be an answer. I think for this season, uh, because season one ended the way it did, just the very beginning, once we... Once it was like, oh, it's this is going to be the bow season. I think at that point, I was just like, this is not going to be anything where we get an answer. It's going to be the same as season one. And I think ultimately, I don't know that serial's out to get like an answer capital right. A. Like right. at the no, end of it, we like we like leave with like this concrete like, yes, he did it. No, he didn't. This is why he did it. This is why he didn't do it. Um, but I think, like I said last episode, I, I think it really just is a show that uh, ignites conversations about things Mm -hmm. that we don't typically kind of deep dive and talk about and just reveals like, yeah, you know what? Like shit is in a gray area, like a hundred percent of the time. Right. So totally. um, Well, I'll end with this thought is my frustration is different from season one because in season one, sadly one person was dead, you know, but in this, this, so many people died 
and we don't even know the extent of everything yet and people were injured and he put people through hell and our national security was at issue and now i think we negotiate with terrorists and it's just it, the repercussions are so much bigger in this that it's that much more frustrating and sad especially given the political climate right now obviously Correct. and it's just that much more uh kind of upsetting to me to listen obviously i'm gonna keep listening but um i of still course, yeah. enjoy listening to it i mean like i'm really into it, just, it. it brings up very different emotions in season yes did. it's you just know, a, it really does yeah. right which is great i mean it should do that um but we do have to wrap up y'all we've been talking yeah. for a while so yeah. you know i don't know about you guys you know hey you listening to us like if you're feeling this way about season two like we're really curious to always hear from you guys and we love to hear from you whether it's on email or twitter so if you want to hit us up please hit us up on twitter and you can do that at at serial obsessed pod so that's s-e-r-i-a-l-o-b-s-e-s-s-p-o-d so serial obsessed pod or you can email us at our Gmail address, which is serially obsessed pod. So the name of our podcast with the word pod at the end at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Want to know what you guys are feeling and thinking. How did you feel about some of the stuff we talked about in this episode? Did you guys have similar reactions to us? Because maybe you did. Sometimes it seems like you do when we're seeing you guys online and we'd love to hear from you, right? Oh, um, right. really quick. I just like to give a shout out to uh, a retired army sergeant, Don Gates. Thank you for writing. Your email was really appreciated. Oh my God. And I would, Don yeah, Gates. thank you we so much. We would like to really talk about it on a later episode, what you had to say, but we're going to see how serial plays out where Sarah goes with this, but definitely bring up your email is really insightful and we appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sending thank it in. Thank you so much. Yeah. Do um, it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So and guys, guys, also tweet us and let us know if you were a soldier, what would bring up your morale? Would it be Copenhagen snuff? What would you, what yeah. would you ask? Was <laughs> that what you need? Did you need a lot of Copenhagen dirty jokes? to be mailed? Headlocks. Dirty jokes. Headlocks. Headlocks. You know, just general yeah. affection, as Sarah calls it. Right. Is that what worked for you guys in the field? Let us know. Thank you so much for listening. This is another episode of Serially Obsessed. We're so glad to have you and we will catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.